You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Do you want to achieve your max? Check out cardomax.com. Owned and operated by former Navy SEAL Sean Madsen. They've got a couple different products that you guys can check out. They've got the Energy Intensifier, which is filled with BCAAs, um, B12, B6, and 200 milligrams of caffeine in four different flavors. Watermelon, grape, uh, pink raspberry, or blue raspberry rather, and pink lemonade. Uh, They also have hydration ones that has a whole bunch of stuff in it, but I, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce it because I couldn't even pronounce uh, some other stuff that I did in some prior promo codes. So um, the hydration stuff has raspberry and lemon lime, really good. And then if you need some help with your immune system, they also have immune, immune boosters um, that are in the orange and watermelon. They have a whole bunch of vitamin C and some other things in it to help you out. And they also have a recovery um solution that you can use that comes in a cherry lime and a grape and these have a whole bunch of bcaas and vitamins and vitamins in it as well so please go check them out um their stuff tastes really good i really enjoy it um you know i try and tailor back from the caffeine a little bit just because uh, i find myself just dumping a whole bunch of packets in there because they taste so good. So it's nice to kind of get a variety pack, if you will, because um, at least I can try the um, energy intensifier in the morning or kind of when I'm dying in the afternoon. And then late at night when I still want some flavor in my water, I throw in the immune booster or even the uh, recovery drinks. Um, And then who doesn't need hydration? So check them out. Uh, Promo code one's ready at checkout. We'll get you a discount. They support us, so we support them. We don't get anything from it, but um, definitely go check them out because their stuff is on fire. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ones Ready Podcast. You're in the team room, and we have a special guest, um, actually one of our collaborators, Sean Matson. He is the owner and operator of Cardomax and Matt Bach, actually. Um, he, he does have a partner, um, Zach, in that whole mix that you guys uh do but right now we we're fortunate enough to have Sean on. Appreciate you coming. Zach sleep. Zach decided to sleep in today, so yeah. uh, you had to put up with me. <laughs> yeah. Zach's always doing that. I, yeah, I, yeah, like right. if we can if we can trash him this entire <laughs> episode, like I think we're winning. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I mean, just so so we can get it out of the way now. Zach and I did go through buds together, and you know the only reason he made it through buds is because I carried him. So oh, um, wow. Get that out right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every time I, he kept wanting to quit, every run he was falling back on, you'd have to there, go back. I was, there, I was there to wipe his tears, and you know, like I'm like, hey man, my like, I mean, now you know, I'm uh, 39. My back is killing me because I still have to carry him. It's just like, dude, when when are you gonna start using your own two legs? So yeah, I mean, all you've got him for is his looks, really. <laughs> <laughs> and we're screwed there too. Yeah. You know? so, <laughs> No. <laughs> his boyish charm yeah <laughs> so oh, um that's actually it's like whenever we're on like calls or anything like that and they're like hey you know what's your background all this stuff like that, it's always a race for us to figure out who gets to go first and we're like 
well, you go, you can go. And immediately, you know, so like he goes, it's, it's, he says the same thing. And if I go, I say the same thing. And they're, they're just, you know, it's always a good time to little break the ice on stuff. So. Well, I guess, I guess with saying that, what's the, the real question is, is how far does I'm a former Navy SEAL take you? <laughs> how many doors does that actually open for you? You know, I, I think it, I, I, I do think that like, like anything, right? Like if, if you're a, a professional athlete or, um, you know, PJ or what, whatever, if you've been at the pinnacle of the organization that you're at um, and you're at that professional level, um, it opens doors, no, no doubt. Right. And, and being able to say it, but I always tell guys, it's like, it might open a door, but then it's 100% on you. Once you cross that threshold, it's 100% on you and your follow-up, your actions, how you proceeded in that meeting and stuff like that. If you're an asshole <laughs> in that meeting, you're probably not going to go very far, right? Like it, it does help open doors, but then once you get through that door and that threshold, it's all on you then, right? And, and it's, it's the person, it's uh, your character, your, your, you know, the culture that you believe in and everything else like that. And, and it's like, once you walk in, it's like, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys watch, uh, uh, what's the TV show that's out right now? Um, oh man. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's like, you're perfect. You got it. You know, it's like taking your cowboy hat and you're putting it right on the, you, you know, your hook, right? Like that's it. Like once it's in there, you check out, that's it. Right. Then what you're, once you're there, it's, it's all on you. It's no longer, Hey, it's no longer the cowboy. Well, and it's, it's a double-edged blade as well, because at least, especially with other active duty people or, or anywhere you go, if you say you're a former whatever, or you're special operations, if you come across as like a, a jerk at all, I don't know, because like, some of these people have experiences, or, or or if you come across as arrogant as all, you know, you're kind of just confirming a lot of the uh, the negative stereotypes that they may or may not have already. And so, yeah, it'll it'll get you places, but it's also dangerous. Yep. Yeah. It, yeah. You better perform <laughs> if you're going to say yeah. that. Hey, I'm whatever. Yep. There's an expectation there for sure. <laughs> no doubt. It really is. So, um, I don't know actually when you graduated buds and I'm sure that it has changed a lot since, since you went through, but um, I'd kind of like to reach back into buds a little bit through your experiences and, and see one, um, did you always know you wanted to do to be a seal and then how did you train? Yeah. So I did. Um, and I say always, you know, for me, it was uh, 12 years old. Um, I was actually out in San Diego in, in, on Coronado Island. Um, we were out there uh, for a fifth grade. Uh, so like in fifth grade, we had to do like a state project. And my mom used to work for the Amer uh, used to work for the airlines, she used to work for American Airlines, and she actually would fly us to our state. Um, and so my sisters and I all got smarter. So I was a middle kid. My older sister, she did Arizona. We did the Grand uh, Grand Canyons and all that stuff like that. Um, and then I went to California, but then my younger sister, she did Hawaii. So, you know, it was like, is everyone got smarter and went further and further West uh, for that. But um, so California was my state. Um, we're out in San Diego and um, I saw these guys running down the beach um, with uh logs and boats. And I was just like, I was all, I, I loved swimming. 
um, already. And, and I knew that I wanted to be in, um, in the Navy. Um, I had family history of being in the Navy and things like that. And, um, I, I grew up wanting to be a pilot. Top gun was all on it. And so it's just kind of <laughs> like, you know, it was like, I was going to be a pilot. And then when I was 12, I saw these guys running down. I'm like, you know, I want to go do that. And I didn't even know what that was, but I was just like, that looked cool. They're in the water. You know, like I could see myself swimming and doing that stuff. And I was like, that's what I want to go do. And so then started doing some research and it was like, okay, that's, that's, then started telling people, you know, right away, like, that's what I want to go do. <laughs> the, yeah, the, um, Top Gun's funny because it actually did better for Air Force recruiting than it did for Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But, uh, you know, so, so uh, 2005, uh, uh, joined uh, Bud's Class 258. Uh, we ended up graduating. So it was like late 2005. We ended up graduating 2000, uh, early 2006, uh, March timeframe. Um, and then uh, going to SQT, our advanced training, and then uh, ultimately going uh, to Team 4 was my first team to go to. So I, I, I wanted to come back to the East Coast. Um, but, uh, you know, so 2005, uh, my, my total time, I did 13 years. So 2005 to 2018, um, uh, 10 of that was active. Three, the last three years was in the reserves. Nice. And you, you were an, uh, an officer? I was, yeah, yep. What, what, what made you? I'm sorry. I just we, we get a lot of questions about um, officers, and we, I mean, I don't really know that much about it, but we can tell them kind of what it's like or why people become stoves or crows on our side of the house. Uh, but on the SEAL side, um, how involved are the officers in like operations and rank wise, and and kind of what's their role and responsibility? Uh, not only through buds, because I'm assuming you had to be a leader through buds, uh, but then once you get on team. Well, as you guys know, I mean, like it's it's one of those unique um, pipelines where officers and enlisted go through the same training. So buds, you know, basically underwater demolition, um, seals, and um, uh, both officers and enlisted are going through the exact same training. But they're expecting you as an officer to also lead the guys, right? And it's like. I'm learning the same stuff that those guys are like, I can't really lead them to do it when I'm learning the same thing, but they, but they also, I think it also adds uh, that dynamic of, you know, having to step up when you're truly equals, right. And, and step up and then like, Hey, I am an officer. Like, this is what we're doing. You listen to what everyone is saying that we should do and make a decision. And then you go, you execute. And so, and I think that that does help groom, you know, officers to when you become uh, an AOIC, your assistant uh, officer in charge. So you're, when you're a new guy and you go to your platoon, um, you have your OIC and then you have your AOIC. Uh, and I think that does, that, that helps that, that transition helps you because it's like, now you're going into a platoon where you have guys that have, uh, you know, well, obviously same guy, same, same as you, they just came out of buds like you did. Um, and you have guys that have four five, six deployments underneath them, underneath their belt or more. Um, and now you're second in charge of this platoon, but really you're, you're not, you know, like, yes. I mean, if the OIC, if something happened to the OIC, you're supposed to step up and take charge. But it's like, I very much relied on my chief, my team leaders and everybody else. Like, Hey, like, what the hell should I be doing here? Like, you know what, what, like, 
you know, um, and, and, and you learn real quickly who those guys are in your platoon. I mean, everybody knows, I mean, it's the guy that's sitting over there tinkering with his gear. It's the guy that's sitting over there and he's constantly reading. He's constantly, you know, meeting with Intel. He's constantly, you know, like he's meeting with the other ints and he's not just sitting there and he's just like, what do we do now? You know, he's the guy that is just always forward leaning. He's in the talk. He's, he's, um, you know, he's got a very regimented schedule where it's like he wakes up, he works out, he goes, checks on what the status of ops are. And, you know, it just does that whole battle rhythm thing. And he's like, not just sitting there like, I'm going to watch the next series of, uh, <laughs> of Dexter. <laughs> for the <laughs> third time. <laughs> yeah. For the third time, this deployment. So nothing wrong with that. No, nothing um, wrong with it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I, th- I think that is one of the unique things of the the entire soft community, though, is that officer enlisted relationship. And uh, and one of the things that I think about all the time is uh, when people see us and they call us cowboys or whatever, and they see the uh, like the chief and you maybe calling each other by first names. Like, can you explain how we maintain professionalism, even though it looks like we're not necessarily being professional in the, the maybe the traditional military sense, like? I think, I think ultimately it comes down to that, that mutual respect, right? Like it's, it's the rank and the rank in the military is all based on time, right? It has nothing to do with experience per se, right? I mean, as long as you, as long as you keep fogging a mirror, you're going to generally progress. Now, if you do something catastrophic, right, you might not. And, and then typically those guys get out, right? But but generally speaking, in the military, if 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 you stay in 20 years, you're going to hit, you know, E9. You know, if you stay in 20 years as an officer, you're going to make captain or flag, right? So um, you're 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 going to continue to progress through that. Um, but I think that again, it goes back to we see those guys that like you know a chief. If he's a good chief, and you're you you have that relationship, you 100% respect him because he's a chief. Right. And, and, um, and, and because of his, ex- his experiences, because you know that those experiences have, have been um, tested and true and why he's in that position. Right. Um, it, it's not just because he fogged a mirror and, and kept making it through. Right. Um, at least the, at least the good ones that, that, you know, you want to be around and you want to continue to, um, uh, stand up beside the in buds, um, you know, because you, you have people that are already in the Navy that, um, you know, say they've been in the Navy for eight years and then they realize like, Hey, I really want to go be a seal. Um, kind of when you went through, what do you typically see in terms of, um, rank wise, um, I'm sure you don't have any master chiefs going through buds, but kind of like, but you know, what, what kind of is the, the average rank would you say? Uh, the average is, is, uh, you know, E, E4, E5, like, um, every now and then you'll find an E6 in there. Um, every now and then you'll find, a um, a Lieutenant JG or, you know, an O2 or an O3 officer. Um, but generally speaking, you're kind of in that, you know, E4, E5 range. And, um, like I said, I think we had, we had a few guys that were, uh, E6s. Um, 
And I mean, like looking back now at those guys, I'm like, dude, you know, cause I was 21 and you know, they're 10 years older than me. And it's like, <laughs> I could never imagine like how bad I hurt at 30. I was like, man, there's no way <laughs> like that would have sucked. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like, uh, that 10 years is, is, is crazy how, how, how different that makes you, you know, you feel and stuff, but, um, you know, the, uh, but, but for the most part, it's, it's younger. And I think it, I think it's continued. I mean, obviously like any other community, I mean, they've pushed hard to recruit more and, and put more people through. So like we are one, we have a lot more people applying right than ever. Um, and which means the class sizes are getting bigger, but what, and, and what means obviously more people are, you know, graduating, but what's staying true is the percentage of failure, right? So it's like, yeah, you put more people through and we're graduating more, but like what's staying true is 80% of the people, 85% of the people that try out are going to wash out, right? Like, so like, <clears throat> yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, that, that, Hill week had 60 guys and it's like, you know, my whole week only had 13 or something like that. It's like, yeah, but they also started with 360 or whatever it is. And it's like, you started with 50. It's like, you know, it, it, it works out ultimately with the math. And, and, um, the one thing that I've kind of heard, um, talking to some guys that are still out there at the training command is, is like, you know, a few years ago, they were, there was still always like, still, uh, uh, I'd say like a little bit of a good old boy where it's like, there was peer to peer evals and guys would be like, well, Hey, listen, um, you're, you're like, you're failing every run, but like the guys like you and, and we see that you're not going to quit. Right. And they're, you know, they're not to push the guy along, but they're like, or a guy that didn't do as well on swims or stuff like that, but they, but he always had that personality and things like that. And so like, you know, they wouldn't let him make it through, but they would be like, Hey, they would team. Like I had a kid that wasn't a good swimmer. And Zach and I, it was probably one of my worst swims ever was this little kid. I say little kid. I mean, he was just cause he was shorter than me, but, uh, um, we were both in Smurf group funny enough. Uh, and, um, uh, so I'm five, five, 10, he was like five, three, five, four. Um, and so like carrying the boat and I'm looking at him like, dude, come on, this is not fun. Yeah. Like, he's just like holding, like, but, um, he wasn't a good swimmer. And, uh, so the instructors were like, Hey man, this kid has to pass. Like you're going to make this kid pass. And like, so Zach and I hooked him up and we we're like throwing him, like swimming up beside him, taking him up, throwing him for a two mile ocean swim. And like, I got done that swim and we, we barely passed. And I was like, just on exhaustion i was like oh my gosh like thank god that's over that was the hardest swim i ever did in buds but like he made it through he made it through first phase this was already we were already post hell week um but he ended up failing um one of the other uh treads in second phase so kind of sucked but never made it to the team but but good good guy right um, from what I'm hearing from guys now, like there's none of that now they're, they're not doing peer evals anymore. It's le legitimately, you don't make the time too, too bad. And they're just like, boom. And, um, and so it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing. I think that 
in a good way, right? That means the standards being held, right? But in a bad way, you miss out on a guy that potentially is going to be a good dude and, and be a good operator and someone you want to be in combat with for a guy that potentially, right? Yeah, he's great at PT, but he, his personality won't fit the teams, you know, and he's just going to be an absolute turd. Like, yeah, he can crush the PRT and he can do all these like pull-ups and push-ups and he's a CrossFit, you know, guru or whatever. But it's like, when it comes down to operating, he's, 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 he's a douche, you know? And it's like, so. I've never met anybody like that. That's never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Those guys never sneak through the cracks. Yeah. Never. Yeah. You, uh, man, I I gotta be honest, man, you, you bring up a whole lot of good points that could take me a whole bunch of different ways. And I, I think, you know, you're, you're right. It's, it's a delicate balance. There's an art and a science to it. Right. And it's, would I rather have somebody, you know, be so, so good at PT that they beat me up at the mountain, but they're incompetent when it comes to, you know, they're just mediocre when it comes to doing their job. Or would I rather have somebody that's phenomenal at their job, but it's going to take us double the time to get up there? Like, you know, it's almost one of those Met TC mission environment type things like, you know, but you're right. There, there has been a ton of people um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm Smurf guy too. I'm five, four. So those swims crushed me. Yeah. I mean, de- demolished me, but you know, I was almost not a controller because of swimming. Um, and, and you see it across the board and I'm by no means saying I'm a good controller, but like, there's a lot of dudes that were lost or, or, um, you know, cut because of missing a swim by two seconds or, you know, missing a, a, a eval for pull-ups by by one or two pull-ups. You know, and you're like, man, that guy because he's a phenomenal team player, just great characteristics. And and I think um, I know I know a lot of the services now are doing the the reality is we're we're um, scouting better, recruit uh, recruiting better, we're developing better. Um, we're, we're training and assessing better now. Um, so a lot of these folks that are coming in are, are definitely way better than I ever was because all I ever did was did some underwaters, did some running and some cows to train. I, I didn't know what rucking was or anything like that. So there, there's a lot better training and smarter training now. Um, that's interesting that they're not doing the peer evals now. Um, but um, you guys have psychs. Or at yeah. least now they have psychs on deck that are providing assessments. Cause I know we, we do that. Yeah. I, so like I said, I, I, it's something new that I had heard. Um, and, and I mean, I haven't been out there to confirm or whatever, but that's just something that I'd heard that they were getting away from that. And, and literally legitimately like, you know, uh, 2205. Oh, sorry. You know, you didn't make Beat the it. cut. See ya. And it's like, that's your third fail gone. Um, so like I said, I mean, I think that, you know, there's a pro and con to it, obviously. Um, I, I still think that, you know, like to the point where something that I've tried to do is I've like now gotten out and I've had an opportunity to talk at, um, at VMI. So I went to uh, Virginia Military Institute. Um, so I got a chance to talk there to, um, so when you're a freshman there, you're called a rat uh, the first year. Um, they treat you like crap the whole time. And, <laughs> and, uh, um, but at, at the end of the rat line or about three quarters of the way through the rat line. So first semester you're a rat 
And about halfway through second semester, you're a rat. And then you do this thing called breakout. And it, and it's a, a whole whole day. It's rucking. It's, it's a whole bunch of um, evolutions throughout the day and all these things like that. I mean, you're, you're from 4 a.m. till dinner time, you're, you're putting out all day. Um, and, and it sucks and it's not, but it's not a, um, it's not like a, let's see who can quit thing. It's a, it's just a culminating event. You know, everybody, everybody has to do it. It's a rite of passage. Uh, last, last year, right before COVID, um, uh, was when I got to talk to the class and I was like, you know, Hey, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to come up there and talk to you guys, then I, I want to also do breakout with them. And, and the, the senior class was like, you really? And I was like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to come out there. They're like, we've never heard of alumni coming up here to do it. I was like, well, listen, I'm not going to sit here and talk to the class about what they just went through. If I didn't also go through it now, I'm not going to do everything, but like, so I, I did all the evolutions and I kind of like bounced around with them and did the ruck March. I did all the stuff with them, but like, um, it's kind of like kind of a cadre, whatever it was, it was fun. And, um, but I got up on there, I got up and talked to them. And, uh, so retired four-star, uh, general P was the superintendent at the time. And I, I was just like, Hey, listen, like, I just want to let you know, like, and kind of what we were talking about back at the beginning, I was like, you know, um, I was like, I, I want you to let you know that what you guys did. Yeah. You should be proud, but nobody gives a fuck about what you just did. Like, and if in four years when you graduate, or let's say in in you know in ten years when you come back for your five year reunion or whatever it is, and all you have to talk about is your rat line stories, I was like, you failed. Like you failed us. You failed alumni. You failed the school because you did nothing with what we just gave you. Like you literally just said, "Yep." that's it. I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. And you never went to go look for like the next, what's the next thing? What's the next thing we can do? You know? Um, and I, I, I think that that's critical kind of back to what we were talking about at the beginning of like that respect thing and, and good people with that. We're always looking for like, the, how do we, how do we progress as a, a person, as an organization, you know, and, and so on and constantly looking at what, what's the next best place to be. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you, you use the word progress because I think that that's important. It's, it's progressing as a person, as an organization, as an institution, you're professionalizing what you actually do. So if you go from, you know, when we all kind of went through our own respective selections to what it is now, it's, it's night and day difference. Um, probably more so on our side than the bud side, but it's still a lot different from when you went through and, and you can just see the the progression and the professionalization um, for, from when we went through until now. And I mean, just the, the NSW compound out in Coronado alone, like I know you said you hadn't been out there in a couple of years, but like they have a new compound out on the Island and it is unbelievable. I mean, it, it is something it's almost indescribable. <laughs> and, um, but it's progressing. It's professionalizing. The, the SOF and the SOCOM community has done amazing things for the last 20 years. Right. So not saying, um, not saying it was owed, but it was, it, it was earned. Right. So 
again, I'm, I'm rambling, but it's a professionalization type thing. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest, uh, I guess a little bit of a fear it with our communities is what we're seeing right now with like, you have so much at the top leadership in any organization that has combat and has a ton of experience. And we've got all these, we have this huge gap where we have uh, basically anybody that's come in since 2012, 13, right. They haven't seen anything really. I mean, maybe a little bit, but for the most part, if they've, if they, if they came in at that point, like they really didn't, we weren't doing really combat operations, definitely not in Iraq, you know, I mean, some in Afghanistan and stuff like that, obviously, but, um, and even, even in places like Africa, like I, I did two deployments to Africa and like, you know, those are some sketchy times de- deployments in there, um, towards the end of, uh, my active time, like, but they weren't your combat experience. Like, Hey, we're shooting, getting shot at. They were a completely different, you know, you know, uh, combat experience in that, that where it's like, you're living out on town and you like, I don't know who's a bad guy and who's not a bad guy, you know? Mm -hmm. But, um, so I think that, you know, as, as it's, as it's going away, it's transitioning and seeing, um, this big thing that's getting ready to all these guys that are getting ready to retire you know, here in the next few years, three to four years, we're going to lose so much of experience. And we have these guys that came in thinking because a lot of them did, they thought, Hey, we're going to be in this war. We're going to be going to go shoot people and do this and this and this. And it's like, they came in and that didn't happen. And then there's a whole nother section of people that are just starting to come in, knowing that we're kind of at peace right now. We're not really sure. So like, they're still coming in knowing that they're probably not going to see anything. So like, it's just that evolution. It's like, we're losing these guys, these guys to some degree, some of the guys that I've talked to, you know, they're, they're, they're still in, but they're bitter. Right. Cause they're like, they thought they were going to get some and they haven't. And then you got these guys that are starting to come in now and like, they knew that they weren't, weren't going to see. And so that's another thing that I try to, when I talk to guys, especially as they're, as they're graduating, is just like, listen, like the movies, the, the, you know, call of duty and all this stuff like that. It's like, listen, it's not going to, ha- it's, it's not what you're going to see when you get there. And, and I would also argue some of the stuff you're going to see is actually going to be sketchier than what I even saw in a place like Baghdad, right? Like, it's like anybody can do that type of operation when you have stacks of assets. And I mean, you know, you have AWT, Predator, you know, Hammer, all these things stacked on you. And it's just like, hey, guys, like, we're good. We're like, pick a fight with me. <laughs> we'll I, be all right. You know, like, I dare you to pick a fight with me because guess what? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer that guy, that guy, that, you know, it's like, yeah. I got my choice of assets and, and you're going to, you know, turn into nothing here soon. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't help when your cadre at, say, Buds or RANS and stuff like that are all, very decorated, have lots of combat experience, and all they hear are stories about mm-hmm. so and so did this, and uh, holy shit, you know. And it's like, so that doesn't help either. It doesn't. No, it definitely doesn't. That's for sure. I, th- I think one of the things to think about though is the the folks that joined pre nine eleven when we weren't doing a lot of stuff. You know, when they were asked to go out there and do everything, 
uh, they performed. So you know what I mean? Like it's, and, and I think there's those, there are some negatives about, you know, our generation holding on to the Afghanistan thing and, and saying that this is the way business is done. And if you haven't done this, then you're not anything. And as we move more into the, the near peer environment, uh, you know, we need to get those guys that have some time to think about things to get out there and actually get after the mission instead of just, you know, grinding them into dust in a shooting war that, <laughs> you know, never ends. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, and, and I definitely don't think that the guys won't or can't. Um, I think it's just in the messaging of, like I said, I, I think, I mean, the two deployments that I did to Africa and yeah, I got to go on, I mean, not even, I don't want to call them, you know, missions. Uh, well, I guess they were, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but like, that, that's they the weren't thing D- right there because they, they weren't, weren't Iraq or Afghanistan yeah. missions. You're like, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't DAs. Right. So, right. but, but arguably they were sketchier than the, than, than the hundreds and hundreds of DAs that I went on. Like I said, I mean, like, if we got into a contact, there was nobody there, right? Like, like it was going to be the five, six or seven or eight of us versus whatever force we were going to be on. We had no medevac really. Like, you know, it was like, what's your medevac plan? Well, 48 hours from here, you know, we'll, we hope we'll get like, or maybe we can contract a local guy to fly us somewhere. And, you know, like we, we definitely didn't have PJ. We didn't have anything like that. You know, I, I had typically I had a Sockham or, or an uh, FMF or, a, uh, um, uh, you know, some kind of corpsman with us, but like, we definitely didn't have any type of, <laughs> I wouldn't call it a next level <laughs> care at all, you know? So, but I, I do, I do think that those, but I also, when I was a platoon commander at that time, I made sure my guys knew like that, like we could do work if they wanted to. And, and it, it was on us to go figure out how to make this work. And yes, there are, you know, your guys are going to be in Afghanistan or other places. And they're going to be talking about all these, you know, DAs that they're going on or patrols that they're going on. I was like, but you don't have any support here. Like, like there is work here to be done. You just have to open your eyes out more and not just think that it's, it has to be a DA or it has to be, you know, kinetic, you know, there is work to be done here. And it's why we're here. You know, it's like, it's not just to sit here and, 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 and collect $120 a per diem a day. Well, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. that. That's going to hurt my feelings. (laughs) But uh, yeah, speaking of uh, the next generation and moving on and all that other stuff, we could talk about, you know, your time as a SEAL, the, you know, I think the entire podcast, it's a whole hour, (laughs) but I, I was reading your, your bio. I, I got on your website and uh, stalked you a little bit. And you did 13 years, which is a, is fairly unusual. You and Zach, I think, got out after 10 years to to pursue uh, business opportunities or or whatever, become entrepreneurs. What what was that like? How'd you make that decision? And then um, I guess Matt Bach was the first thing you did. Yeah, so Matt Bach was. Uh, so we started Matt Bach actually while we were still active um, and just kind of had it as a side project. We were starting to build products and um, a, a lot of them, uh, you know, a lot of our early successes and um, some of our best selling products still to this day came from Iraq and Afghanistan, just from the need of why why is everybody other, like every other manufacturer is just copying everybody else right and it's just like this is this is bs like like okay everybody can make a plate carrier how do we uh how, how do we figure out how to um do something better than everybody else and so 
looking at that and and relying on guys on the ground and and their experience and talking to guys and just really listening to the feedback. So we had this, we had Matt back going and we were um, uh, both pursuing other things. Zach got out, went to med school for like three and a half years at one point. Um, and then decided, all right, being a doctor is not what he wanted to do. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and, and then for me, I, I had, a, I really thought that I was going to continue on and, and do a full 20. Um, I, I planned to go screen for damn neck and go do that. And then kind of on my, on my last workup, my now ex-wife, her and I split, we had two kids went through a divorce, um, during that. And then that deployment was just miserable for me. And I was like, even before we went on deployment, I told my command, I was like, Hey, listen, I'm done. I'm done after this. Like I, I, I can't do this and be a dad and I'm not going to sacrifice being a dad. And I was like, you know, um, so I, I decided to stay in the reserves and do that. I, I, at one point had an opportunity to do kind of the active reserve piece, um, where I was going to be like more of an ops role for the reserve teams, um, and, and, and hold down the guys that were mobilized, but that went away. Um, and so then I went unemployed for like three and a half months. So I was, <laughs> that was great. Um, because at the time Matt wasn't in a position to take on my salary or replace my salary. And really, because we were we were reinvesting every dollar back into the company, and then all of a sudden it was like, "Hey, I need a job," and they're like, uh, "We don't have the capital to do that. <laughs> We've been putting everything back into product development." So, um, so I uh, I went and started work, and I did investment banking for about a year uh, to learn how to. Uh, raise capital, structure deals. I, I thought that it was going to be, well, I thought, and it has been uh, a, a great just education for a year. I learned from a guy that did, you know, was 20, at the time he was 23 years in the industry. Um, I got to work underneath him for, for an entire year, um, help other companies raise capital, be in front of these investors, and then just understand what that looks like to help me as, as someone who's transitioned. So I did that for a year. And then at that point, um, at that point, uh, Strikeforce uh, was was really starting to kick off, and he basically looked at me and he was like, "Listen, like, I hate to tell you this, but like, you really need to go do that. Like, I hate that I'm going to lose you, but like, in good faith, I can't also have you stay here and do this. Like, you need to go, you need to go devote everything into Strikeforce." And I was like, "Okay." So we, you know, we, we're still good friends. I'm still, you know, keeping contact with them pretty regularly. And um, so we, we did the strike force piece. Um, we ended up just selling that, uh, um, closing everything. Uh, actually, the day before the day before Veterans Day, uh, so 10, 10 November this year, we we finalized everything there. So Matbach ended up selling all of its shares of of Strike Force and and parted ways with those the owners there. But, um, so we did that for, um, I guess almost four years or so. Uh, and from there, we've kind of started a couple other companies from there, but I mean, the transition was tough just because I went through a divorce, like I said, was unemployed, um, kind of thought I had things lined up and those all fell through and it was kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, hectic. And I, you know, I tell guys all the time when they're, when they're transitioning, the biggest advice is, 
just like you have your comms plan, your pace plan, like you need to have the exact same thing. You need a primary, alternate, contingent, emergency, like, and then like literally like the go to hell, like, Hey, what, what am I doing now? And like, you know, I, I hit, I hit that. I, I like when I was unemployed for those few months, I, I, I Ubered for a little bit to just get some money going. Like I needed, I needed income. And it was like, I can't, sit here and do nothing like like what do i do with my hands you know (laughs) so no it's crazy because you know if you're in the military if you're 10 years ish or post 10 years and you ask someone for advice like hey i'm thinking about getting out to do this thing especially around like the 13 year mark i think 99 percent of the people are going to tell you man just stick it out to 20 yeah um but i want to talk about the you know as a as a seal you know as, as one of the team guys and all that other stuff and you talked about having a pace plan and all that other stuff. Um, is there anything that you gained from that experience um, on team that helped you make it through that uh, in particular? Yeah, I mean, it, it, we use a lot of stuff that that we we learned in the team space. I think, I think military veterans. It doesn't matter what organization. Like a natural fit is being an entrepreneur. Um, because. And some people don't want to, and that's fine. But I think it's just a natural fit for guys because it's like you're 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 constantly looking at you're you constantly have problems, right? And you're constantly um, trying to do m- more things with less resources, and it's constantly like you're trying to figure something out, and you don't really have everything in place, and and you just kind of have to make it go, right? And and I think that every time I I, I use a lot. Um, I use the five paragraph op order um, whenever f- solved with problems for things, you know, just go through that whole thing. It's such an easy methodical uh, plan that I had over a decade of doing. And I, you know, did it thousands and thousands of times when you, t- you know, when you look at, um, you know, workups to deployments and everything else like that, how many times have you built that plan out? It's like, I can do it in my sleep. It's like, so, okay, problem, boom, do, 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 do. I can run through the five paragraph op order. I can, I can partition stuff off and know, and, and it's changing some of the language. So like, for example, uh, admin and comms on, on the five paragraph op order, right? So, um, you know, your SMEAC. Well, for me, for that, like communication, that's my marketing plan. Like that's like, now I'm, I'm calling it marketing, but, but in the military, we call it comms plan. Um, and, and some of the admin and psyops and all these things like that. And kind of the, the logistics piece of that, it's like, well, those are all the other things you need to do to make your business run or make that solve that problem. And it's like, um, it's such an easy plug and play. It's just rewiring the, the language and just, you know, like, um, you can't obviously call it a (laughs) a SMEAC people, you know, you know, so no, I love it because we get that question all the time. Like, hey, if I if I join, what can I do afterwards? You know, and and my my typical answer is you can do whatever you want when you get out. And so that that's I just kind of wanted to walk the dog on that and make sure everybody understands that um, you know if you can make it in this community and you have a desire to do something else, which I think is the number one thing is the the want to do it and those character traits and all that other stuff is you you can be successful at almost anything. I'll tell you that the, so the one thing that really helped me in that transition and then just finding that. So, like I said, I really thought that I was going to, I was going to finish out um, and retire as a seal. 
Um, and so for a couple of years, honestly, from the time I got off active duty till the time that this guy, um, the, the guy that I work for, uh, Bob asked me, he's like, you know, in less than three sentences, what do you want your tombstone to say? And I was like, dang, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what do you want to be remembered for? Right. And so it took a minute for me to think about it. And, and I, I rattled off right away. I was like, you know, work, working out and family. And he said, okay, but give me more. And I was like, all right, so my work, I want my work to make an impact. You know, I want my working out. I want my working out to inspire other people to want to work out too, right? And then for my family, I want to lead my family. I have four kids. I want to lead my family to be the best version of themselves. I don't care if they want to be a painter. I don't care if they want to be a team guy. I don't care if they want to be a professional athlete. Like, I want to support them in whatever they want to do. And I'm going to help give them some guidance on that. But ultimately, hopefully, they make their own decisions on whatever they're going to go do. But I'm going to, I'm going to be there as a parent to um, be hard on them. Right. Like, and like, yeah, I mean, I call, I call my son, Hey buddy, what's up? But like, I'm not his buddy, right? Like I'm his dad. And, and, and sometimes I have to be harsh on him and sometimes I have to give him love. Like it's, it's that balance of that. But, um, those are my three things. Like if, if, you know, on my tombstone, it says that I love the New York giants and I feel like I failed, which New York giants are awesome, but um, <laughs> it's not what, it's not what takes up my time. When I look at my calendar, those three things to me consume my time. And those three things are what I schedule for. I schedule dates with my wife. Actually, later this afternoon, I've got, a, I got a date with my wife and I scheduled it in my calendar. Like I am not taking phone calls. I'm not doing anything in the afternoon because I'm taking my wife out on a date. I have to do that. One, because I'm half retarded, but two, um, because if I don't schedule it, right, like it never gets done, honestly, like I'm very systematic in that. Like I have to, I schedule my workouts. I schedule all this stuff in there because I don't want like, and, and when you get out and you no longer have that structure in the military and kind of what we were talking about a few minutes ago, it's like the military just preps you for doing whatever you want to do. And like when, when, when you're in the, when you're in the military, it's like, Hey, Every day they tell you what time to show up and what time to leave and what you're doing in between. And there's, there's no like, Oh, I got to make my own decision. <laughs> Once you get out, it's like, wait, I got to sleep into seven o'clock. Like, this is awesome. Like, man, you know, and, and it's <laughs> so easy. It's so easy to um, fall off that. It's like, I, you know, every morning I was up at five forty-five. boom, 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 you know, like, you know, going to the team, driving here, doing this. And now it's like, well, you know, I get up at six, I get up at six 30, you know, I don't care. I, you know, I get my workout in. <laughs> it's it's funny that that structure, you absolutely need it. And you're right. The military does prep you for that. And I mean, I, I notice it generally, even on the weekends, I'm up at 545. Like the, but occasionally, you know, whenever I'm having sleep issues or something like that, like yesterday, for example, I didn't sleep at all. I slept until you know, I finally got to sleep and I slept until 830. And I I felt like I had wasted the day. Like yeah. the day had gone like that. Yeah. I got almost, I mean, I got a couple things done, but nothing like I thought. And, uh, and it's funny cause me and you, know, you, you throw date nights in the calendar, stuff like that. Like we have a, me and the family to include the kids have a shared calendar. That way we all know what's going on. We all, you know, have certain places we need to be invites, date nights, the whole deal. Um, and it sounds ridiculous. Like, what are you kidding me? You got to schedule time 
um, you know, put it on your calendar to have a date night. And man, when you get busy enough, yeah, and it, it at least holds you to it um, because because it's like, hey, every anybody else that can see your calendar, hey, I know that he's got something going on. I'm not going to bother him. Um, and then it, it's it's almost kind of like you said at the beginning when you told everybody that you were going to be a seal, man. All right, you just you, you almost kind of went all in and you know said, hey, this is what's happening. And then when it doesn't happen. People like, hey, I thought you said you were going to go be a seal, or I thought you were going to go take your wife out for a date. Uh, yeah, about that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it, the the people that the people that say it's ridiculous are the same people that uh, will say they don't have time, but then they sit there and watch Netflix for four hours each night. It's like, dude, you know how much stuff I can get done? Oh, in, I know. <clears throat> if I can get four hours, like <clears throat> uninterrupted four hours of time, like. Oh man, I'm crushing it through some work. I'd pay, <laughs> for, like, I'd pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I love yeah. that. It's like people are always like, I don't know how you have time to run this or do this. You have all these different companies and all this stuff like that. It's like for me, again, I I control my calendar. I don't let that calendar control me. I, I don't sit there on weekends and binge watch all day, you know, episodes and shows. And I mean, we will put on a show and have it on the background, but like, I'm doing something else. Like I'm not just sit there glued to whatever it is. Um, my kids love it whenever like, they're like, Hey, let's watch a movie. And what happens in the movie? I fall asleep. doesn't matter what the movie is unless it's top gun. Um, then, and I'll, then I'll stay awake for that. Then I'm just sitting there reciting the whole thing. And they're like, I hate you. Like, Especially stop. the volleyball <laughs> scene. That volleyball <laughs> scene is, ah, it's hot. <laughs> I got you. So, um, talking about, you know, uh, excelling and that kind of stuff, I want to go into, uh, I want to touch on Cardomax because you completely, I know we were going through the kind of progression from Mapbox to Strikeforce Energy, and now you're in the, the Cardomax realm where you're dealing with, you know, immunity boosters and energy enhancers and all that kind of stuff. Um, how did you come up with that? Yeah. So, um, when we, again, like we love to disrupt uh, industries and bring unique products, right? Mapbox is all about bringing uh, unique products um, and disrupting industries for that. So when we looked at the supplement space, um, we really saw there there's nobody out here doing uh, single serve liquids. Um, and um, we saw that the opportunity where some of the stuff that Zach and I were already taking um, we could concentrate down and make it into a liquid form and cut out some of the BS that was in some of these other in, and things. And so like you hit on the immune booster, for example, um, the, the main active ingredients in the immune booster are called adaptogens. Um, the three of them, uh, Cisandra, Rosea, and, um, oh man, my brain, uh, uh, Siberian ginseng. Um, those three, uh, adaptogens are actually almost a century old um, natural herbs that have been used for colds, flus, and other things like that, primarily in Europe, in um, Russia, China, you know, all through um, like Sweden and, and the UK and other places like that. Um, they put them in teas and they make them into, they make them into teas. And so, um, and there's a Swedish researcher right now that took almost our exact formula for our immune booster. And it's, and it has been for the last year testing it for COVID. Um, and, and the response and the, and the clinicals are supposed to be done uh, next month, actually. So that it ended, 
yesterday or the day before. And then the actual report is supposed to be published uh, next month. Um, but those those ingredients were what Zach has been taking individual, those three individual ingredients for years. Uh, and he would just buy the individual powders, powders and make his own. And we were like, well, that's, that's an easy thing that we can do. Our recovery is geared more towards TBI and the research around mild TBI and TBI effects. And so we're using some stuff that's coming out of um, Texas A&M, some of the research that's coming out of Texas A&M to help guys that have traumatic brain injuries um, and, and seeing that these, the main active ingredients that we're using um, are uh, cytoclone and creatine. And then we have some other stuff in there as well to help with that recovery. But those are two out of the three ingredients that Texas A&M tested that have seen a significant reduction in TBI um, and mild TBI cases. And so we're like, well, again, that's another thing that fits our market, like military guys, like uh, I know I have, (laughs) I know I have issues. I know other guys have issues with that. So how can we introduce something that is good for, Hey, I get a good workout in, but I'm also going to get something good for my brain too. And so that was, that was like the recovery um, the energy intensifier, um, obviously working out, I've taken tons of different pre-workouts and I hate all of them because like I have energy, but like, I also like to get a little bit more to go into my workout and just get a good feel through my workout, but I don't need stuff to make my skin itch or like, (laughs) I also don't want to take something where like, I feel like I have a big bubble gut. Cause I do like to do more of like a CrossFit type workout where I'm doing a lot of calisthenics or I'm supersetting things when I work out. Um, and I don't want to feel like I'm going to throw up. Right. Like, and so, uh, again, when we designed it, it was like, how do we, how do we provide something that's a functional energy? So it's like, it's not an energy drink, but it's not like your, your hair's on fire, uh, uh, pre-workout. And so it's an energy intensifier. So like, I'm going to give you that boost of energy, but I'm not going to give you those two extremes. Um, uh, and so we, we formulated that way for that. And then our hydration, uh, is the fourth one that we just came out with. Um, again, as we looked at it, it's like, why would you use a powder, uh, to try to, rehydrate someone. It's like, well, I mean, use IVs, you use, (laughs) you know, it's like all these things. If you need to hydrate someone, you're not putting a, uh, you're not putting powder into them. And, um, so we figured out how to concentrate that down, emulsify everything down into that liquid form and then give them, uh, more electrolytes and Gatorade. And, and even, you know, it's, it's basically like taking an IV in some water and then shooting it with a good flavor. So, and it doesn't have any artificial dye. So like kids like it too. And it's not like, you know, they're, they're sitting there with like purple lips because they, uh, they drank a Gatorade that's just full of sugar and crap. Or your, or your poo comes out really green. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So it, it just, it allowed us ultimately. So I guess the short answer is it allowed us to open up a lot more products to the market for us. And we just saw a bigger opportunity to, to, to introduce things that we were already taking and, but coming in at a different, a different spin. Uh, so we're really, we really pride ourselves on 
not putting stuff in there that doesn't need to be in there. Um, why none of our stuff has any artificial fl- uh, artificial coloring in there, right? So there's no dyes, there's no artificial coloring, and it allows them to consume that product without your body needing to to break down one other thing. No, and that, that's it's definitely popular. Like I'm a big fan of the immunity booster, but like it's just telling because for, for that particular product, like the immunity booster, you guys have been, I know it's back in stock now, but there was some serious shortages. Um, I mean, as, as recently as six months ago, um, and it's probably, probably even more recently that, so like, it's definitely popular. People are going after it. And I, I know the, the drinking bros promote, promote the hell out of it too. Yeah. But, um, so the, the it's significantly boosters. bigger platform than ours, but I mean, like everybody wants to, you know, get those vitamins and that, that, uh, immunity, especially in the last two years. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I've taken, like I said, Zach, Zach was taking it for years before I, 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 Every I actually I I just that's what I was drinking in my Waterloo. Um, I had the watermelon immune booster in the in the Waterloo. I drink at least one of those a day, and I have you know all years this year. Um, not only because I like the flavor and and things like that, but I do believe in in the adaptogens that are bringing in there as well. Nice. Well. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I, I love the liquids. I love everything that you guys have been doing. Obviously, uh, you you guys, uh, we, we, we talk about it all the time, and we, we drink it all the time. I think that's what we're all drinking right now is <laughs> some form of Cardomax and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh, I try to keep my kids out of it, though, because they just will go through everything, and then there's nothing left, left for me. So, gee, kids. But, uh, Sean, you, you haven't sat still, you know, in your life ever. And we're talking about Cardo Max, but what's what's next for you? What are what are the big things on the horizon? Uh, when people reach out to you on Instagram or, or follow you, what what can we expect uh, coming next from you? Yeah, and Zach, uh, I guess. So I think some of the next things coming for us, um, you know, we're continuing our world domination, uh, just slowly but surely. Uh, you know, we've hit some pretty pretty significant milestones with 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 the collective. Uh, organization that we have. Um, you know, we were, uh, we made the Inc 5,000 list last year, um, which was a huge milestone for us. Uh, we're, we're one of the top 5,000, uh, privately held company, top 5,000 fastest growing privately held companies, um, in, in, in America right now. Um, and so in, out of the five, out of the top 5,000, we're right at like, right, right at a thousand. So, you know, we're, we're really stoked at, at hitting that milestone for us. Um, but what was cool was this year. So that was all based on 2020 or 2020 numbers. Um, we hit 2020 numbers by April of this year. And, um, so like, we're still just growing at just an incredible pace. Um, which also has its own challenges, obviously when you're growing that fast. And, you know, when you look at, Mapbox as an organization has been around 10 years, but really Zach and I and, and, and the collective, I mean, everybody, it's not just Zach and I, but when you look at what we've really been able to focus, it's only been since about 2016, 17 timeframe that we've really been both solely focused on this, nothing else, um, and, and growing this. So, um, 
you know, the, the, um, while we've been around 11 years, uh, it's only been in the last five or six that we've really been able to devote time and effort to it, but we're really excited where, where things are going. Um, Cardamax, um, you know, being that this was our first year in business and, um, we almost hit 30,000 orders in our first year in business. I mean, we're just growing at a, an incredible rate, which is, you know, Peaches, to your point, why why am you booster was out of stock for so long? It's like we just we kept on sending orders in and orders in. And at one point we had like we had like 15 things that were needed to be produced, or we were gonna run out of stuff. And we were just like, we were horse trading for things. It was like, man, I really want to get this hydration in. So just go ahead and put hydration up front. Like I know it's gonna suck. Immune booster is gonna be out longer, but it's just like the decisions you just had to make on that. But it was like, you know, we're thankfully we have everything in stock right now. <laughs> uh, so everything is in stock. Uh, we've got a healthy supply of everything, uh, except for recovery, which is a little bit low. Um, but that's in production right now. And so is the hydration, which is also down to, I think we had about a month of inventory left on that stuff. So it's just, it's one of those weird things. It's like, um, we had, on the immune booster, we had a three month supply uh, earlier this year get consumed in three days. And it was like, look, I can't do anything with that. Like, yeah. like what we were projecting <laughs> that was going to do for three months, there was nothing I could do. It was like, I, I, I can't like pull a rabbit out of my hat yeah. and like, hey guys. <laughs> You can't forecast uh, that. No, there's no way. <laughs> uh, we've done pretty good. We've got a lot. Uh, I've built a lot of different uh, systems, hopefully ch checks and balances to help us. We're trying to, we're trying to put more inventory in and also watch it better to really see and project out. So, um, but really excited to see where Cardamax is going to go in this next year. I mean, arguably we're one of, we're either one of, if not the fastest growing, um, single serve liquid supplement company in, in America right now. I mean, they're, they just, we're, we're growing at such a, such a clip that it's a, uh, it's fun. Uh, it's scary. And there's also a lot of pain in the ass to it too. <laughs> For sure. Well, we, we definitely appreciate the, uh, the partnership with, with Cardamax and, and, you know, it originated with strike force and we still got them on as well, but like, um, man, we, we love having you guys on and, and everything that you guys are doing just because, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, I think I had sent you a picture maybe I had sent Zach a, a text, but, um, you know, it's cool being out there in the field with the guys and stuff like that. And then, you know, I see on their back, you know, a, a Matbach, uh, you know, piece of kit. And then uh, one of the other guys was drinking a Cardomax. You know, he had one of the yeah. shakers that had Cardomax on. And I was like, it's just kind of cool. And it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I know those guys. That's yeah. pretty, it's pretty cool. So it's it's yeah, good, it, to, it, good to see it, people it, succeed. No, I appreciate it. We we love it. And I mean, we love giving back to, I mean, we, that it's, it's something that's so critical for us too. I mean, we've, we try to donate as much as possible back and do things. And, and, um, you know, early on, I guess, I guess it was earlier on this year, or maybe it was late last year, you know, we ended up donating about $500,000 worth of mass to LA, uh, that was getting hit pretty hard last year, uh, the homeless community and other stuff like that. And while it wasn't directly impacting, obviously the veteran community, it was just something that we saw as an opportunity to be able to do. And obviously, you know, 
buds is out in california and other places and we were able to link up with some guys to to help get those out there and we know that there's obviously in that in that homeless population we know there's veterans there and so it was like it was an easy thing for us to do because like we just we just love being able to also give back when we can for stuff yeah no it's it's great and um i know the community appreciates it and especially the veteran community so um so as we wrap it up again thanks for coming on uh thanks for telling your story and giving us a background and um and, and again that really appreciate the the partnership with with Cardo max and and uh, you know friendship with you and zach so um appreciate you coming on you guys are always invited and uh from there we're out later guys yeah. See you. later